Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. While new research conducted by HR Locker has indicated that legal restrictions which prevent employers from finding out about the COVID-19 vaccine status of employees could delay a return to the office for many businesses. With 71% of 600 respondents citing such restrictions as causing them challenges, with other issues such as developing negative relations between employers and employees and increased business costs also recorded. Elsewhere, amidst mounting pressure on government to commit to a reopening date for the arts and culture sector, Minister for Foreign Affairs Simon Coveney this week confirmed that a clear roadmap for live entertainment events will be published by the end of the month. Very much seen as the forgotten sector in terms of the easing of restrictions, this news will be welcomed by so many venues across the country. One such person that will welcome this news will be Alex Cunningham from the iconic Slane Castle, who joins me on the phone now. Alex, Slane Castle is renowned for hosting music legends such as U2, Madonna, Bruce Springsteen and Queen. This year marks the 40th anniversary of the very first Slane concert, but if we rewind the clock back to 1981, what prompted your father to create a concert venue on the estate? It was about diversification. You know, the, the estate at that point was really reliant on agricultural income primarily, uh, so when he arrived here in 1976, taking over from his, uh, his own dad at the tender age of 25, he, uh, he started with opening a restaurant. And then it was uh, converting the old kitchen into a nightclub. And all of that helped, but it wasn't enough. And he was inspired by Nebworth in the UK. And there wasn't a, a, a lot of kind of rock and roll acts visiting Ireland at the time. And it was obviously a difficult time politically. So he saw that the way to survive was by opening the gates, welcoming people in and bringing them together through music. And that's how the shows began. And I know that you previously said in an interview that we were saved by rock and roll. That's what kept the Cunninghams here. I take it from that quote that there was a lot riding on the success of concerts in the early days. There was, absolutely. And uh, it was Eamon McCann uh, from Belfast and Dennis Desmond that were behind the first show and and worked... uh, they became MCD and, and been partners for many years. Um, but there was a lot riding on them, and it, w- it was a risky venture. There was, uh, there was no financial backing in, in the early days. I think the first show was, was um, uh, underwritten by a character called Mr. Everything, who was an East End of London, and I don't think anyone asked too many questions about where the money came from. <laughs> but uh, it, it was a riskier affair in those days, but it's obviously now a very professional operation with with a close collaboration of all the authorities and everyone else that allows the slaying gig to happen. So very different to the early days, um, but it's what keeps this place on the map. So take us back. How did Lord Henry Mount Charles make that first concert with Tin Lizzie such a success? He made a, a, a success of it because he had good operators in, in Eamon and Dennis helping him to do it. A lot of people were, were again it, um, given the political situation at the time, but he knew, uh, Dad and, and them, that, that people wanted a break from that and they wanted to come together through the music. But um, uh, Scott Gorham, actually, from Thin Lizzy, just commented there recently that um, he didn't realise that that was the first slain show because it was so well organised. Uh, so although they went in naive, they, they did their best to get it right, and that's why we were allowed to come back and do the Stones in 82. And was it a case that once Slane Castle had become established as a premier music venue, that the big names were easier to attract? 
For sure. I think the Stones, getting the Rolling Stones in 82 is what really put it on the map because no big international acts had really come into Ireland um, because it was perceived as a, as a risky place to play. And, of course, they were a big British iconic act. So there were, there were some convincing to do to get them to come here. But once you had the Rolling Stones, one of the biggest uh, bands in the world, then that really sealed uh, the venue's reputation and from then on, it was easier, and not everyone gets to play Slane. Dad's always been very clear about that. Um, but also, if you're going to sell, you know, Slane has a capacity of 80,000 people, which for the island of Ireland is, is a massive venue. So it needs to be a big name in order to attract those kind of numbers. And Alex, what are your earliest memories of Slane Castle and the business that was behind the iconic estate? Well, we were put to work early, um, our first job on the gigs was actually greeting people off the choppers when they arrived and escorting them down to the backstage area or up to the VIP area. So normally they'd be greeted by big burly security guards, but instead it was a couple of squeaky teenage children in the form of my, myself, <laughs> my brother and my sister. So I think, you know, the ethic that dad put in is you have to, you know, you have to get behind the wheel and, 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 and get involved and, and make things happen. And it, it's very much been a, a family collaboration Um and we recognise that it, you know, we're we're part of the community, and the gigs wouldn't happen without the support of the village of Slane. And hopefully, we we do a bit for the village, uh, vice versa, through the gigs and and the other endeavours here. But we're now entering a new phase of of kind of opening up the estate um, to the wider public. And of course, you have now taken over the helm from Lord Henry. But what are the greatest business lessons that your father has taught you to date? I think don't be afraid to take risks, uh, providing you've done the calculations on what those risks are. But, but you need to be bold um, and brave. Um, we believe in, in creating partnerships that elevate. And uh, that led really to the emergence of the Slane Distillery Project with um, the American company, Brian Foreman, who owned Jack Daniels. There's no way that we could have completed uh, that project on our own in terms of the capital that was required to, to build a distillery. And they also have the route to market. Uh, but that would apply to other smaller day things that we do on the estate. We've currently got um, Alta Summerhouse, which is a fantastic high-end dining experience down by the, ban, uh, by the banks of the Boyne for the summer season. And again, that's bringing in someone who, who reflects our own values and elevates the overall offering. So I see this place as a blank canvas, uh, working with the right partners and then trying to uh, match the quality of, of those with, with our own endeavours. Uh, so we flipped into outdoor dining and walking trails and, uh, and, and more besides this year. And I'm interested to hear your approach to risk. What is it and how do you go about minimising it? You're never going to minimise it completely, otherwise it's not a risk. But I would say... Most of the deals that Dad has done, and indeed, you know, we work on, it's based on the quality of the company you keep and getting like-minded individuals or, or entities that, that reflect your own values. And the one thing about a family business uh, is that you are always thinking about the long term. It's not just about the short term gain. And that would apply to the reputation of this place as a concert venue. It would look at the partners that we work with on food and beverage and tourism uh, we need to think about the long-term game. So in summary, I think, um, yeah, it, it's, it's about the right people who, uh, who think the way you do. It's a good point, I have to say. Now, what were your priorities for the Slane Castle estate when you succeeded your father? 
you know, I've been involved for some years, but in terms of kind of taking the helm, and Dad is still very much there in the background as, as an advisor and, and a friend, uh, and, and of course my dad. Um, but, you know, we took over in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, the whole business was shut down. And so we had to pivot. And I think we've done so much pivoting at this stage. We're into a full-blown pirouette. But um, we moved outside. Uh, so we've created a, uh, an outside uh, taqueria, um, Mexican-themed um, outdoor dining experience in the castle courtyard, and worked with uh, Ruth Slane, who are a great couple, Keith uh, Coleman and Ashley McHugh, to head up the food and beverage program there. We've launched uh, the Silver Fox food truck, um, which has uh, killer snacks and teas and coffees. We've opened a walking trail. So the castle used to be about the inside and the heritage tours. We have reopened on those, but we're now opening up the grounds because people want to to socialize safely outside. Um, And then we've got a great story to tell in the history of the gigs, and, and we started doing that as well. And while concerts are what Slane Castle might be most famous for, as you say, there are many other facets to the business. In particular, I'd like to talk to you about the Slane Distillery. Was this move to protect the estate from an over-reliance on live music? Absolutely. Uh, diversification is an ongoing theme in, in how you make a place like Slane work. And it actually came out of, uh, it was Dad's idea back in 2008 we got up and running in 2009 in the form of the Slane Castle brand and continued to grow that as a whiskey brand in the States, uh, sourcing liquid from others. But we always knew that the way to have credibility was to build our own distillery. And again, that wasn't something we could do by ourselves. So it wasn't until 2012 we, we started looking at that seriously. We secured planning permission, designed the project. But again, we needed an elevation partnership to help execute it. And that's where Brian Foreman came in. Uh, and then we started uh, distilling in 2018, opened the visitor center in, uh, uh, sorry, in 2018, we opened our doors uh, for tours there. And Slane Whiskey is now selling in uh, several markets, including America, Germany, France, UK, uh, Australia and, and others on the way. And unfortunately, the art scene has been decimated by the pandemic and everyone is craving that live experience again. So once it's safe to do so, can we expect concerts to return to Slane Castle? Absolutely. You know, we're not giving up uh, that. It's still the single biggest source of income if we do secure a gig. We haven't been able to do one since 2019. Uh, as everyone will be aware, there's plenty of gigs going on up north with, uh, with fairly large attendance. And uh, we are lagging behind here. And the government does need to seriously look at, uh, at giving uh, a roadmap for reopening for the sector um, because we're, we're losing talent, it's affecting livelihoods, and uh, celebrating live music is part of our national culture. So it would be great to get a plan, but as and when it is safe to do so, we will be back, uh, that's for sure. And finally, Alex, have you any other exciting plans for Slane Castle in the near future? I think, you know, we're, we're already executing a lot of those, um, but you haven't been able to walk in the castle grounds up until this year, and so... We've got one walking trail open that shares the, the history of the, the concerts. Um, uh, we've also launched um, a campaign to celebrate the concerts through the fans, which is called Some Memories Allowed and Others on, on the website, where you can upload your, your picture and stories of, of if you've attended a gig at Slane. And that's about reconnecting people with those memories um, that they might have had when they're here. So, um, yeah, I think what what's new is that... Um, you could really just get into the house and the restaurant. Now you can actually take in the views and stand in the concert field 
without 80 other thousand people there uh, and enjoy the views of the Boyne. So um, flip to the outside. Um, so we're now an, an, an all-year-round offering. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Alex Cunningham from Slane Castle. And I think I speak for many people when I say that I can't wait to be attending another epic Slane concert. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Southeast.